Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Right, tonight, I'd like to speak about the briefly about the word king. The notes. I'm not able to go through all the notes because there's quite a few pages of them. But the basic things I'd like to discuss is really what the word king is. King is about a, the way that you communicate to God to enable the good works. The king is really important. It's different than a lot of other words because the king, the way you do the word king is you plan, you seek out the knowledge of the plan of God and the times of God. So when you do works uh, that are associated with understanding the times of God, you're doing it in the way of the king as long as your constant desire is to do the good works of God for the for the glory and the uh, righteousness of God, to make known the righteousness. And because that's his eternal plan, and that's when he's coming back as a son of God, a son of righteousness. But the, it's a word that it sounds like it's only for the men or it's only uh, for the women. I mean, uh, excuse me, not for the women, <clears throat> but in reality, in God's kingdom, there's, they're all going to be priests and kings before him in the eternal uh, kingdom of God. So it is a word that is, is likened to, you know, you get a crown, for example, uh, in the kingdom. And so it's equivalent to that. But the woman pays a part because she's the helpmate of God. And the image of God is both the man and as the that does the dominion and takes uh, takes certain responsibilities. And a woman is the helpmate that does the other part of the work. Because, you know, God is God, but he also has his wisdom. And the wisdom is God's helpmate, and he calls that the woman. And uh, so it, it's it's that way. That's why he says he made the men and women. They're both uh, the image of God. It's not that we're talking about, um, you know, transgender type things. It's nothing like that at all. It's all about the kingdom of God, doing the way of the kingdom of God, and understanding the way. A woman has a responsibility of preparing the situation, the household, and so on for the kingdom. And sometimes the women in history, like Deborah, had to stand up and become the judge or the teacher of Israel and the judge of Israel because the people didn't know the words and uh, there was nobody with enough faith and knowledge uh, like she had that could actually answer the questions and confront the troubles that they had. So a woman led them through it. In the time of Aksa, she set the table for her husband. When it was time, he was filled with the knowledge because she prepared the house so the knowledge could enter the house. And uh, so he was able to become the first judge of Israel. Now, what's important about the word king is it's all about being a person of good understanding. In other words, you have to know the knowledge of God, the appointed times of God, and be able to recognize those. And we do the way of the words so that it glorifies the timing of God. And I'll try to give you a couple examples of that. Then you understand it. It's the, it's the word being done. And the reason why king is a little bit different is God rewards wisdom and understanding to those who seek him diligently and those who ask him. He never limits the amount, but he only gives it in the appointed times. And he gives it as long as you're actually focusing first on the good work of the kingdom that he's given you to do if he's made it known to you. And then he gives you extra. 
And so it goes from there. But everybody's to accept and rejoice in the fact that God, by all his infinite wisdom, chose people for each of the jobs that he's given them to do. And none is more better than the other. They're all jobs that are important because God has a master plan of the kingdom. And they all fit together like a perfect machine. And everybody has good works and everybody helps each other. And everybody will be blessed from the, from the littlest to the, to the biggest. It was interesting in King David, uh, when he, he was a good king. And at the end of his reign, when they're talking about the offerings uh, given for the temple to build the temple and so on, everybody was rich. Everybody was prosperous. And uh, I mean, it, they weren't all wealthy, wealthy, but everybody was prosperous and everybody could give offerings uh, to the kingdom and none as much as David himself uh, gave forth because he was doing the way of the word. And the secret to David is, like Jesus said, he's a man or after a testimony of his own heart. But there are many others. There's Joseph, for example, and there's uh, Daniel, the prophet Daniel. You know, Daniel was a marvelous one. And here I tell you the story about Daniel uh, regarding to the fact that, you know, the other guys were blessed with, um, you know, like the people, uh, Nebuchadnezzar testified that these four men were, uh, had wisdom 10 times greater than all the wise men of Babylon, which was the biggest kingdom at that time, the smartest kingdom at that time, and had all the wealth and so forth. And these guys were 10 times smarter. But Daniel was like the 11th because he had the extra thing of being able to interpret dreams and visions. And not only that, he was raised up to be the second highest person in the land under the king himself, under King Cyrus. So he was actually running the whole country. And God did that because why? He was a seeker. He was loved by God. And we see the same thing with uh, Solomon. I'm just going to point this out. You can read the Bible study. It has a lot of things in it. Uh, but this is quite interesting. When you get to, um, let me find a page that's on here in the Bible study. It starts uh, really on page 12, page uh, page 11. Uh, page 11, there's a lot of notes on it. But what's interesting about this account is this is the story of Solomon. And it's really the story about Bathsheba. The, there is a famous proverb, everybody recognizes, Proverbs 31, which is the virtuous woman. Virtuous woman is a woman. Virtuous means knowledge of truth. They do everything in truth. So she was a knowledge, a woman with knowledge of the words. But an interesting story reveals when you tie the verses together, uh, when when you associate the story together, of Second Samuel twelve twenty four to twenty five, and Proverbs four. Uh, verses 1 to 9, and Proverbs 31, 1 to 9. And actually, I put in here uh, all of um, the Second Samuel 12 and uh, Proverbs 31 because it's really an interesting story. What it is is, you know the story about Bathsheba and David had a child, and, and it, on the seventh day, the Lord took that child when it was born because it was going to be a, a problem for David's kingdom. And unfortunately, the Lord had to do that. But the seventh day let David know that this child went into the rest of God and he would see them later. And that's what David says. He will see them later. And uh, David accepted that. He, he mourned and everything for those uh, six days. On the seventh day, when he learned the child had died, uh, he then got up, he bathed, he anointed himself, and then uh, went on as king. And um uh, the people asked him about that, and this is what he was saying. But he took the rightful penalty for what he had done, the sin that he had done. But Bathsheba was also involved with that. 
And it's a very interesting thing. It had to be terrible for her to lose the child and for the sin and everything that happened to her husband, the death of her husband and so forth. Nobody really pays attention to Bathsheba's pain. You know, her, uh, the great things that she did in, in all of this. But what the, you start to see that Bathsheba may be one of the most uh, brilliant and most honorable women in the Bible because she was a woman of good understanding. And when you look at Second uh, Samuel twelve, twenty four to twenty five, you see something here. It says, "Then David comforted Bathsheba his wife, and he went into her and lay with her. So she bore a son, and he David called his name Solomon." which means recompense or fair penalty. Now the Lord loved him, um, Solomon, and he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet, so he called his name Jedidiah, and because of the Lord. Now, Nathan the prophet, uh, some say Nathan the prophet says this, but there are any Bibles that say it was actually um, Bathsheba that called his name Jedidiah. And it's important because this uh, name of Jedidiah means beloved of the Lord. And it may be that that's what Nathan said to call it. But either way, this is very much indicated in uh, Proverbs uh, one uh, thirty-one two, Because in that place, in Proverbs 31.2, it says in there that she dedicated this, you know, she names this king Lemuel and dedicated him from the womb. In other words, she made a vow with God that he would be, that she would, you know, make known the word and the light to him. And that's what she's saying. And if you read Proverbs 31 uh, with the knowledge of the words of God, you see that that is what she's doing. But you have to know the background a little bit of Proverbs 31. It's saying, people are saying in the scriptures and the sages and so on, make known that what happened at this time. And obviously she's talking to Solomon. Solomon is actually writing this story and it's talking about his mother, the king's mother, Bathsheba. But you go back in Proverbs 4, 1 to 9, you see that Bathsheba was enabling um, uh, Solomon to learn the words. And he even says there that when I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. When you talk about the eyes of the mother, you're talking about her living in the way of the words and doing the way of the words. And she's saying that in Proverbs 31, that she made a vow to God. And that's what it's saying. It should be really, it says beloved of Yahweh, but it should be that he's devoted to, to Yahweh. It's the same meaning. And so it's a very interesting story. It was what she's prepared him for this and that she dedicated. Now, the the, the real thing about Proverbs 31 is she was very brave. You could you could almost look at Bathsheba and you see a combination of Hannah who pleaded before the Lord for a child and you see the um because she lost her child and that's why he says he comforted her. And then you see uh Aksa in that she prepared the way of the household. And that's what she was saying in Proverbs 31. She's talking about how she prepared the house continuously uh, for the for the people to grow up. And even Solomon would call her blessed. And also, you see um, the work of Esther. And the work of Esther was she was able to go in before the king knowing it is very dangerous. Well, the story about Proverbs 31 is they're saying this is Bathsheba. And many of the prophets and, I mean, uh, the sages and 
so forth believed that that uh, particular proverb was written uh, by Solomon, but it was recording the event of his mother coming to him when he had married the daughter of the Pharaoh of Egypt. And she was bringing all this pagan things and ways with her. And Solomon was not following the Lord's, a Lord's instruction. And she's telling the king, Solomon, um, she calls him Lemuel, which it means, uh, um, it's kind of like a regret. It's like the son who was devoted to God or God for him. He was given for God. And yet he went back on that. And so that, that's what this uh, King Lemuel is all about. And so she's chastising him is what she's doing. And that's very brave of her. It's they, The sages believe that she went into the chambers of uh, Solomon and chastised him there when he was with his wife, uh, the new queen. And you know that Solomon went on and ignored her teachings because what he did was he built a porch and there they worship Ashtoreth and all the other things. He built a porch onto the temple for her. So later on. So this is, you know, and, and understand that this was all happening after King David had died and he was made, you know, Solomon was made king. And this is many years later. But then she's she's chastising the, the Egyptian queen uh, of Solomon by explaining to them uh, the way of, of a woman of good understanding. Such a very interesting story, but this is the way you do the way of a king. You have to have the knowledge of the appointed times of God and the works of God to be able to stand with no fear and only fear God and go in and speak words. And you may be called to speak before governments. You may be able to called to do that. But the key is always going to be how much knowledge did you seek and God will give you the word, of course, in the appointed times. But look at David, look at Daniel, look at Joseph, look at all them. They sought the knowledge and were continuously seeking the knowledge so that when the time came, they were able to handle the situation that came at hand. Joseph with the Pharaoh's dreams, Daniel with the Pharaoh, uh, king's dreams, and so on. But they had the wisdom, and look where God raised them up to that position. He doesn't raise them up for no work. He raised them up because they did work. They were diligent to do this, and that's the way of the king. They have to understand the king, the way of the king. And God doesn't want you to be a king, uh, per se, like a worldly king. He, the, the Lord's showing us what the way is of what you call a servant king. And we should be servants of others. And that's what she's talking about in Proverbs 31. She's telling that to, to uh, Solomon. You need to be a servant king. Take care of the poor. Do all, do all these things. Speak the word to them. But Solomon had gotten away to the point where he was taxing the people highly. And she's warning him that his son will grow up and forget the law. And that's exactly what, what happened. Solomon's son rose up and taxed him even more and got even more stricter with the people. So it's a really interesting story uh, doing that. Now, there's one other thing I'd like to touch real quickly is a interesting uh, teaching of the Lord. You might see it in, uh, it's on uh, page 18 of the Bible study, but it's Luke 7, 11 to 17. I, I think this is so wonderful because this is this time. I put in here the, the word from that, there's many prophecies now that we're at the time of the Lord's appearing. It's it's so close. And the Jewish people are saying, some of these are saying it. This is the Shemitah year, which the Jubilee follows the Shemitah year, which is exactly what it is when Lord appears. He's coming to set the captives free. He's coming to heal the people. And he gives us a good example of that in Luke 7, 11 to 17, where he tells the people there, when he saw this uh, casket coming out, and this is a widow woman, and they're coming out of the gate of the city. 
And and the city was called Nain. I should have looked up the meaning of that. I'm sorry I didn't put it in there. Um, But they're coming out of the gate of the city, but it it really points to this very day. And Jesus just came up to it, and he touched the open coffin. Uh, He he told them, they were carrying out the son, and uh, he came and he touched the open coffin, it says, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And he had told the mother right before that, do not weep. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all the people glorifying God. A great prophet has risen among us. But do you see what happened here? Here's a situation where you're talking about the gates of the city. And the law of God is that the words will be written on the gates of the city. And in those days, they, they probably were doing this. We don't know for sure, but likely doing that because they had the symbols of, of the words and that, but they didn't understand them. It's just like today, the people don't have any real clue about the words of God because they haven't sought after the knowledge of his words of wisdom, even though God has given prophecy after prophecy to hear the words of wisdom. He's been doing that since 2006, and people are ignoring it. He says, get my wisdom, get my words, get my words of wisdom, and the people keep forgetting it. He tells them to ride the four horses, tells them the seven spirits are coming, and to seek it, but they're not doing any of that. But this is what he's doing right now because the Lord is saying that when he arises, he sees all of us as dead men walking. And he's going to cause them, those who stand before him, he will cause them to rise up if they're prepared. And he's coming for those people at this time. So it's something to remember uh, in the healing. But in the in the Bible study, I, I go through some of the events of that. So I hope that was interesting. Um, let's go ahead and go to prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this appointed time you brought us to. And Father, we thank you for the great examples in the Bible, Lord, of, of just your works. Lord, you're going to appear from heaven. Dear Lord, you're going to speak forth the word into the heavens, Lord, and the people should understand, dear God. You're about to appear, but more than that, dear Lord, you're appearing as the, as the word. Lord, you're coming to make known the fact that your word is going to be glorified this time. You told everybody, Lord, in Zephaniah 3, 8, and 9, that you're coming with fiery wrath because you're going to separate those who wouldn't hear and the wicked from the righteous. And you're going to set apart all the people, and you're going to cause them all to walk with one shoulder, even the wicked. They might not know your words. You're going to cause them to know your words, even though they won't have the authority to speak them. But they'll walk in accordance of it or get more punishment. But the righteous, you're going to pour out on them, dear Lord. You said you would feed them like stall-fed calves. Lord, you're going to pour out the wisdom of a king upon these people. They will walk before you as priests and kings because they're going to understand the times. You're going to teach them the times. It's going to be a glorious moment in history. Father, we thank you for that. And we ask you, Lord, at this time, Father, to to speak with the people and help them, Lord, to understand. Dear Lord, that if they do not get the words in the summertime, you told them to remember through Solomon. You told them, dear Lord, to remember the story of the ant. And Lord, you told them that they, they gather their harvest in the summer. And Lord, they, if they don't have it prepared, they won't eat in the fall. And they're always preparing for those others. And Lord, we're to do that at this time. We're to prepare with the words so that in this time that's coming, with the great troubles and so on, dear Lord, those, dear Lord, who love you have been merciful. And dear Lord, the, the innocent ones of the world, not, not the elect who wouldn't hear, dear Lord, and you're going to shut off the words to them, but the others, dear Lord, that have not heard the word. You're going to allow them to hear the word, Lord, and, and you're going to be able to feed them with the word. And those 
who have the words will be authorized to speak it. Lord, the others you said, like the unwise virgins, Lord, you told them that they'll be told to go buy from those who sell. People don't sell the words of God, but they sell other messages. And Lord, those who are selling the other messages will not have the authority to speak the words of God because they didn't prepare your people at this time. Dear Lord, if they knew the words, they know that the words are never to be sold. You give us freely your wisdom, and what you give us freely, we also have to give to others. You'll provide, dear Lord, you'll cause people to provide what's needed. And Lord, nobody should ask, because Lord, you always prepare what is prepared for your people. But Lord, you will show them they've neglected the word, they've done nothing to help the word. But Lord, we pray that they will begin to understand that this is the time of the harvest. They must come out. The summer is almost here, one day away. And Father, we pray that they would understand you've given them that instruction that they should harvest in the summertime. And this summertime may be cut short because, dear Lord, your wrath is very angry. The things that they're doing, and even tomorrow night, Lord, on, on the solstice night, the, the first day of summer, Lord, they offer so many sacrifices, the pagan people, dear Lord, and the evil ones. They'll be killing children. They'll be killing the homeless. And, dear Lord, they'll be eating them. They'll be drinking their blood. All these horrible things they do in secret. You're going to begin to expose all this, Lord. You're going to cause the people to see these evil ones, these leaders of the world that have no right to be leading because, dear Lord, from the beginning of the day of the Lord, you took away their authority to hold dominion over the people of the earth. And the shepherds who have not heard that and are backing the claim of Romans 13 are going to be punished with them with the wicked ones. Lord, we pray that they'd be wise enough to read and learn the truth and come out from their wicked ways, come out from their rebelliousness and come out from their sin of willful sins of not hearing and obeying you in this time when they're appointed. But if they do not, then they'll receive the punishment because, Lord, they're leading your people and guiding their people into prison camps that you do not want your people to go to. Lord, you want your people to call upon you to be delivered at this time. And, Lord, we pray that you will help them, you'll guide them, and let the people understand your Lord in the time of the famine of the words. There won't be any food in the stores, but there'll be food in the kingdom. And the words, dear Lord, will be wherever the people go. You'll provide for them, Lord. You'll cause them to provide and to have enough, dear Lord, at this time. They should not expect, you know, banquets and so forth at this time. This is the time of humbleness. This is the time to come forth and seek the harvest and seek the kingdom and receive what is needed. But there is the glorious feast coming for those who will first serve you. As Lord, in Revelation three fourteen to 22, you told us to serve you first, and then you will feed us. And Lord, we pray that we will serve you by harvesting the crop, as you told us to do, by helping those that are homeless, helping those, dear Lord, in the time of trouble, dear Lord, when it comes. Because, Lord, they'll be taken out of their homes. They'll be homeless. Even the rich will be homeless, dear Lord. But those who repent before you, they weren't taught and didn't know, You'll give them the opportunity, I believe, Lord, unless they're so wicked. Father, we pray that you'll guide us, dear Lord, because we know, Lord, the days of judgment have come. Those who refuse to eat the food of the kingdom, harvest the food of the kingdom in the summer, are willful sinning because you instructed them they must do it. And you've told them you're appearing. So, Lord, they should believe you. And even we aren't the ones telling them, Lord, we see it from the scriptures. But, Lord, these are prophetic words coming from many others. And, Lord, we thank you for that, that you have such grace, dear Lord, you do that. 
We thank you for that, Lord. We ask you, Lord, now to help us. We ask you to remove the stumbling blocks, dear Lord. We ask you to bless the children. Father, we've placed our children in your hand. We've, dear Lord, we place our spouses, our parents, our brothers and sisters, grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Lord, all of our friends and all those who love you. Father, we've placed them in your hands because, Lord, you're the one that can bring them through at this time. And you're going to deliver, as you said, in Acts 28, 28, and Daniel 12, 9, and 10. You're going to cause many to be purified, many to be whitened at this time, and then refined. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Let the people understand there's a process. The rapture's not now, but the separation judgment is. And then after that, Lord, comes the refinement, and the purification, the whitening, and the refinement. And comes the putting on the fine linen of the righteous acts of the saints so that we will be spotless and ready for the rapture when that time comes, which is at least four years away. Father, we ask you, Lord, we think that. And Lord, we ask this in thy precious name to clarify these things to your people. May they understand this message, Lord, as feeble as it is. We ask you, Lord, to use it for good. And Lord, to give any correction necessary. We ask it in thy precious name, in Jesus' name. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.